Thank you so much for joining me today on Just Praise Him Radio. I'm your host, Linda Lomax, and my job is to inspire you to a closer walk with Christ. Now here's the show. Hello, believers. Welcome to the Just Praise Him radio show. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and the title of my message today is Humbling and Proving, More Specifics on the Test. So last week, we talked about how we are being tested and tested and tested and tested some more until most of us just want to say, Lord, please stop the testing already. But of course, we know better than to say that. I believe the time of testing we are in now could possibly be the last period of testing before the Great Tribulation begins, after which I believe the people that, you know, don't repent and get refined are just cast into the lake of fire if if they haven't gotten better. Because if you go through all we are enduring now and then seven years of the Great Tribulation horror show and you still have not repented, even God's going to get up on you, okay? I'm just saying. It is very clear that the powers that be are getting ready to bring out the mark of the beast. If you Google search cashless society, uh, you will see what I'm talking about if you don't believe that. When they try to bring out the mark, you will have to accept the mark of the beast in order to access or spend any of your money or buy, you know, or sell, buy any food, anything like that. Uh, You will not be able to buy or sell or pay your mortgage or your rent or anything else. I guess we'll all be in the street then. We won't even be able to buy a Big Mac. Um, If you take that mark, there is no repenting for it, and the door of heaven will be forever closed to you. And just as a side note, here is how we know this, because I just want to keep reminding y'all of this, because that's going to be a time of intense pressure. Revelation chapter 14, verses 9 through 11. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand. The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. And they have no rest day or night, day nor night, who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. So it doesn't say, okay, if you receive the mark and you repent, then you're okay. No, it says if you take the mark, that's it. Okay. The drive to eat to survive is a very strong drive that is built into our DNA. It will be very difficult not to take that mark when you have not eaten in days and you can smell the cookout nearby, okay? And they will do everything they can to make it difficult. I'm sure they will have food cooking nearby. I mean, I, that's, they're going to be cruel, y'all. They are cruel. There are churches out there teaching that you can repent if you take the mark, and then you won't be punished for it, but that is not what the Word of God says. The Word says in Hosea 4.6, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Don't let that be you, okay? All right, moving right along. If I am right, this is the time I was shown where everyone is being tested to see who needs to stay behind in the tribulation to be refined and who is ready to go on home soon. So I want to talk to you this week about Deuteronomy 8.2, about how and why 
God leads us in a way that humbles us, proves us, and helps us to know what is truly in our hearts. I want us all to get an excellent understanding of this scripture because it is going to matter going forward, whether you have this knowledge or not. This is knowledge you will not only really need, but others will wish they had, as everything in the world continues to decline. Deuteronomy 8, 2, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee, and to prove thee to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. Now at this point in the word, Moses is getting pretty close to the end of his life, and he may be trying to prepare the Israelites. The Lord had parted the waves and saved all of them from Pharaoh and his army when they were trapped up against the Red Sea. And after their victory, they broke out the musical instruments and had a praise fest. And you know, it must so thrill the heart of God when we just spontaneously praise him like that. I'm sorry about my voice, y'all. It's kind of rough this morning. I did not record last night because I was trying not to have a rough voice, and I have one anyway. So I don't know what's up with that. It's this way all the time. Okay. Why do we need to remember the way he led us in the wilderness? And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness. Why would we need to remember? Why would it matter that we remember? Okay. We need to remember our history so we do not repeat the same mistakes and behaviors we did in the past. We need to remember what he taught us about his faithfulness in the wilderness. In the wilderness seasons, God is refining you and humbling you and proving you, but he is also proving himself to you, and he is proving his word to you. He is proving he and his word are both 100% true and 100% reliable. So he leads us to humble us, to get the pride out of us, to uncover the beautiful quality of humility in us, to humble us, to prove us, to know what is in our hearts, whether we will keep his commandments or no. You know, a lot of people don't understand the wilderness experience. They don't understand how or why the Lord could ever lead his children into a place of desolation and barrenness where there is just nothing. Why would he ever do that? If you have listened to me for very long, or if you have read The Wilderness Companion, you know the answer to that. He leads us in to bring us out. He leads you in to humble you, to prove you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or no. And that's not so he can know, because he already knows. He leads us into the wilderness to get the pride out of us, to work the beautiful quality of humility in us, and to show us that we are not as strong and as obedient as we think we are. That's a real scary thought. To humble thee, he brings us out of pridefulness and helps us to cultivate the beautiful quality of humility. I'm going to explain what those two things are. Why would God need to humble us instead of just letting us stay in pride? Because he hates pride. Proverbs 8.13 The fear of the Lord is to hate evil pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. Number two, it ruins your witness for Christ. Proverbs 11.2, when pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. Number three, it is all about self. Pride is all about self. Galatians 6.3, for if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. He does it so you won't react in ways that will get you killed when things get truly horrible and the persecution is at an all-time high if you are still here. Proverbs 13.10, only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Fighting only comes through pride, y'all. 
That's what contention is. It's fighting and arguing. If you meet somebody that loves to, pri- to fight and argue all the time, they're a, you will find they're a very prideful person. He does it so you won't drive everyone away and ruin your witness. Proverbs 29, 23, a man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. And because God ignores the prideful, but gives grace to the humble. You want grace or you want him to ignore you? I don't want to be ignored by God. James 4, 6, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth, resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Okay, let's talk about the difference in humility and pride. Everyone is drawn to a humble person. They don't even have to be beautiful or handsome on the outside. Humility is so beautiful, it cannot even be put into words. How do you even describe a humble person? They're soft-spoken. They're not attention-getting. They prefer others would get the attention. They're lovely and gentle. You never hear them talking about what they have a right to do or what is not their job to do. You never hear them bad-mouthing others. You never hear unkindness or rudeness in their tone. They are not pushy. They're not arrogant or selfish. They are gentle, lovely, soft-spoken people. And they are so rare to encounter, so rare. The The humble person is the person you can assign to work with the most difficult employee you have. And they will do it successfully and without complaining. Humility. They are interested in talking about you, not themselves. Humble people want you to think you are somebody. They're not trying to make you think they are somebody, okay? They want you to think you're somebody. Humility is the absence of self. That's the definition. When I asked the Lord, I said, what is humility? What is it actually? And he said, it's the absence of self. Everyone is drawn to humility. It's quite a quiet, beautiful attitude that emanates from all those who carry it. Unlike big mouth pride, humility is a gentle whisper not trying to garner attention. Humble people never think they are above anything or anyone else. You will never hear them saying, well, that's not in my job description. That's not my job. I don't have to do that. I shouldn't have to do that. You, you won't ever hear them saying, what about me either? Because they don't ever think about their self. Humble people speak gently and just get to work on whatever needs doing. Humility is a quality very rarely encountered, but very highly treasured by all who do encounter it. It is a heavenly quality. Now let's talk about pride. If y'all heard me teach on pride, you already know some of this. Humble people want to hear about you. They want to talk about you, not themselves. Prideful people love to talk about themselves, and they love for you to talk about them too, so you can taunt their accomplishments, their beauty, etc. Prideful people want you to think they are somebody. Humble people want you to think you are somebody. That alone will identify one from the other. Prideful people will quickly tell you what their rights are and what their job is not. And here's a real easy way to spot a prideful person. Prideful people are very spiteful and very petty. If you slight them in any way, they cannot rest until they pay you back. They must have vengeance, even though the word says that vengeance belongs to the Lord. Which means, of course, the Lord will not do any payback for them since they already took care of it themselves. Pridefulness is all around us and greatly disliked except by other people who are full of pride. Pride is worldly and fleshly. And pride is a sign you have not crucified something in yourself or you have not allowed God to crucify that pride. Have you ever met an arrogant person? Pride and arrogance make even the most beautiful person repulsively ugly. 
Humility can make the ugliest person so beautiful you won't be able to stop staring at them. People who are humble make excellent leaders since they are not there to exalt themselves. They are there to exalt others. Let's talk about the foot of pride and the voice of pride. The voice of pride, what I call the voice of pride, has to have the last word, has to be spiteful, has to be petty, has to have its own way, and has to have its say about whatever it wants to say, regardless of what Jesus would prefer, regardless of what God has told us to do in his word, regardless of the fact that it hurts his heart when we act like that, and it pretty much burns down every relationship around them, which, by the way, is exactly what the devil wants, because... James 3, 6 says, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. That verse could easily be describing what I call the voice of pride, the one that just has to have the last word and has to be spiteful. The Bible mentions the foot of pride in Psalms. Psalm 36, 11 says, let not the foot of pride come against me and let not the hand of the wicked remove me. Pride has to take a stand in every matter. I think that's the foot of pride. They have to put their foot down in every situation and they love to walk all over others to get what they want. You will often encounter an attitude of superiority in prideful people because they believe they always do everything right. These are the people who love to look down their noses in silent judgment of others. Oh, and the Lord says that is a word for somebody. There's a woman listening to this podcast that you really think you pretty much always make the right decision on everything and that your life reflects that. So you look down on others that you know, and the Lord says to you, woman of God, that because you have judged others for so long, he's going to let you walk in their shoes. You will soon be entering a wilderness season where he will teach you what it felt like to be them in those situations. One of the main things that we have to do, and probably one of the first things that we have to do besides getting the sin out of our lives, if we want to mature as Christians, is we have to learn to submit our mouths to what God wants us to speak and not speak. That's a tough one, y'all, I'm telling you. Not saying whatever we feel anytime we feel like it, because just because we feel like doing that. Following, not following your feelings and what you feel like doing. Because following your feelings and what you feel like doing is not going to lead you on a good path. That is the path of destruction and regret. I've taught on the power and destructiveness of the tongue many times. And the reason is because I have to remind myself as well not to speak just whatever I think. Because people who prophesy in general are outspoken and tend to say what we think. We cannot just say whatever we think. That is against him and it hurts his heart. It hurts him when we do that and when we act like the world. He'll put you in a wilderness where you can sit by yourself and just think about it. So you better watch out about that. So what are some ways that God humbles us? He may lead you into a wilderness or a refining season where you have to live with someone who really irritates you or that you really don't want to live with. Your finances may become such as to require you to work jobs that are beneath your abilities, education, and experience. You may have to take a difficult job that requires you to submit to someone you don't want to submit to. In some cases, he may send people to mentor you that you don't want to listen to or get learning from because you're so prideful you think you already know more than they do. But if you already knew more than they did, he wouldn't send them, would he? He may require you to keep giving into ministries of somebody that you don't really like or you're offended by. I've seen that happen before. 
And y'all already know if the Lord is leading you into that valley of refinement, the harder you fight against what he is trying to do, the harder it will be on you. Okay. There's a verse in Exodus that says your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not swell these 40 years. You know, 40 years of walking in the desert requires quality clothing and footwear. Can I just say that? It was God's great mercy that theirs did not wear out. Heat causes your feet to swell. But if their feet had swollen much, they could not have continued on that journey. So God led them into the wilderness, but he also had mercy on them while they were there. So he also leads us in to prove us, which is strength and endurance. Proving something is about making sure it is strong enough to endure its purpose. The Lord wants to know, are you strong enough to endure your purpose? Not everyone is. I often wonder if I am knowing the times that we live in. To know what was in thine heart. That is freeing you from deception, by the way. Our hearts, I don't think, are ever where we think they are. Whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. Peter never dreamed he would ever deny Jesus. So who are we to think we would never deny him? Come on, y'all. We will soon go into the time of the mark of the beast. Peter denied him and he was not even starving. Okay. Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Like Peter, our hearts are constantly deceiving us. They're constantly lying to us. I cringe anytime I hear somebody say, I'm just going to follow my heart because that is a recipe for disaster. Your heart can only lead you further into deception. Can I just tell you that? The Lord trains us now so that in what is coming, even if we cannot feel him there, we will still know what to do. Exodus 20, verse 20 says, And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God has come to prove you, and that his fear may be before your faces, that you sin not. God's teaching us. And let me tell you what, the wilderness is what gave me the fear of God more than anything else. When you realize that he can put you back in one in five seconds, you straighten up real quick. So, so he led you all this way to humble you, to prove you, to know what was in your heart. To humble you is to work humility in you. To prove you is to test your strength and endurance for whatever's coming. To know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or no, means to show you what is in your heart, to bring you face to face with your own sinful tendencies so you are no longer deceived into thinking you would not deny him, thinking you will keep, you'll keep his commandments no matter what. Yeah, you'll do. No. In a time of intense pressure, when everything is chaos around you, you will surprise yourself. Can I just tell you that? Anything that is in you that you didn't know about is going to come to the surface because that's what brings it to the surface. When the pressure is on from all sides, whatever's inside you will come out. It's not pretty. It is not pretty because that happens in the wilderness and you're like, oh, I did not know that was in there. And I hear all a bunch of y'all going, yep, I remember that. It's not fun, is it? Okay, so he brings us face to face with our own sinful tendencies. So we're no longer deceived into thinking that there's no way we would deny him. Because he said in one of the words, he said, if you deny me once, that's it. You don't get a second chance. If you deny him one time, you cannot repent from that, okay? You cannot even deny him once. To bring you face to face with your own sinful tendencies so you are no longer deceived into thinking you would not deny him, thinking that you will keep his commandments no matter, matter what when he knows better. 
And make no mistake, we all have these tendencies. We are all of us weaker than we think. Every one of us, including all the people that show up every time at church that the door is open, you too. If Peter could deny Jesus, we have no business ever thinking that we are not in that same danger. He walked with him daily. And we should be praying continually that he help us not to if we are still here in that day. And y'all remember this. I recently emailed with a friend about this very thing. It is a heavy, heavy burden knowing what is coming. And I know y'all struggle with knowing from reading the words, and I do too. Every single day of the year, I carry that burden. It's always in the forefront of my mind all day, every day. I'm thinking about what's coming. I, I can't help it because I can't. But I still seek the Lord to know more about it so we can prepare in whatever ways we can prepare. I know the Lord's words that he gives us are difficult to read. They are difficult for me too. That's why I'm so happy when he occasionally gives us a good one that is good news like yesterday, December 16th, 2022, the one called Much That Is Good. That was a nice one. And he gave me that one sometime last week. I can't remember. He gave me a bunch of words at one time. But be aware the Lord has told us again and again that all those who walk closely with him who are obedient to him will not be here to see the evil to come. They won't be here to see the worst of all that. That means he will take us home in whatever way, at whatever time he chooses to get us out of here before that time, because he does not want us to see the evil to come. Those who are trying to walk with him and do the right thing. Praise his name. What a merciful God we serve. You know that the Lord, our God is a perfect father in every way. One of the ways a parent helps a child is by proper and consistent discipline. Y'all have heard me say many times how grateful I am for my mom who disciplined me as often as it was called for. She trained me to become the woman I am today, and I pray every day that I'm making her proud as she looks down on my life from heaven. Our Father in heaven will also chastise his own children as often as is necessary because he loves us. So let's summarize what we just discussed. In closing. Deuteronomy 8, 2, and thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee and to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. He wants us to see the pride in our own hearts and offer it up to him so it can be dealt with. He wants to prove our strength and endurance. Maybe he's showing it to us so we know that we're strong enough to endure. Because remember, he did choose you for this time if you're here to know what was in our heart, to reveal to us the truth of what is in our own hearts because our hearts hide it from us and we won't ever know any other way, whether we will keep his commandments or no. Which, by the way, all the Israelites had sworn to do. They swore that they would obey him and keep his commandments, just as many of us have also done in our times of bargaining with our magnificent God. The Lord our God wants us to remember all the way he has led us that we may be constantly reminded to remain humble and to be prepared for whatever comes next, in case we don't know he is there with us. If you look up the word humble in Deuteronomy 8.2, it means to afflict, which basically means to cause pain or suffering too. So let's read that verse looking at it that way. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness, to afflict or cause pain or suffering, to humble thee, and to prove thee, and to know what was in thine heart, whether thou would, whether thou would keep his, his commandments or no. That is pretty straightforward when we read it that way. It is important to realize that 
Although the Lord afflicts us, he also heals us again, just like in Deuteronomy 8.3. He suffered Israel to hunger, but with a purpose in mind. Verse 3, And he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. He humbled them and suffered them to be hungry. He let them go hungry for a little while on purpose so that he could then feed them with manna, which they had never seen before. So they could learn that he was not only God, but he was their provider. Even there in the barren desert where there was no food and no water and to teach them to listen to him that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Think about that. He let them suffer and let them go hungry so he could feed them, do a miracle, and teach them to listen to him so he could keep them safe. That's all I have for y'all this week. I hope this podcast has been a blessing to you and that has given you food for thought that draws you nearer to the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening. Jesus bless you. Y'all have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning in today to Just Praise Him Radio. You can contact me by mail at my new address, JPH Inc., Glenda Lomax, P.O. Box 60, Glencoe, Arkansas, 72539, or by email at jphtoday at gmail.com. JPH is not affiliated with any nonprofit organization, church, or denomination. Does your life feel like it's falling apart around you? Are multiple things going wrong all at once? Does it seem all your comforts have been stripped away? You may have entered the wilderness. Wilderness experiences are often times of great discomfort and lack. Every Christian must pass through the desert on the way to their promised land. Find out how to go from surviving to thriving by partnering with God as He leads you in the path that will strengthen your faith and prepare you to step into your destiny. The Wilderness Companion will help you find out why you have been led into the wilderness. Find out the biggest hindrances to receiving the provision you need in the wilderness. Find out what the seven temptations of the wilderness are. Learn how to partner with God in His purposes for you in the desert seasons. Get your copy of The Wilderness Companion today. The Wilderness Companion by Glenda Lomax on Amazon.com in print, Kindle, or audiobook.